0: kind of just naturally rolled into it, so whenever you want to start speaking, you can. So Hi. <laughs> All right, well, I'll continue
1: my story that uh, I, I wanted to tell before I ran away to get the kid handed off. Uh, Good we ta- handoff? We were talking about butt dialing. Dude, Dutch. I used to be the king of it because I had a flip phone, and if you can remember back in the prehistoric days, and dude, I... uh. Just naturally assumed that when you closed it, it would hang up, which was not the case. And so many a time, Mm. many, I think, I I think I actually was caught by Oksana's (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And I think it broke his heart. Yeah,
2: because he adored Russell and Russell was talking shit about him. Oh, my God. What
1: was it about? I felt so bad about that, too. I've done that. Um, Biggest fear. Because I was just like, man, this motherfucker wants to play. I hate being on his team. It was something like Call of Duty. I'm like, dude, he fucking sucks. And like, it didn't hang up. (laughs) (laughs) When you closed it, it didn't. I think we were driving
2: to your house at the time, too. Such a (laughs) poor
0: manufacturing. That wasn't the Japanese. They're better than that. What
2: kind of
3: rickety phone was that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was a Razer.
3: I'm pretty sure it was
1: a Yeah. I'm telling you, it wasn't a a Huawei. This week's sponsor. dude we're making money (laughs) yeah we're (laughs) in it now no i one time at work too uh you know talk about butt dialing with a smartphone it seems impossible but what really seems impossible is with the radio do you remember do you remember this i worked with both you and clark uh and randy at the time radio i had a radio on my belt and uh our ex-producer at this show uh had just been transferred and a dude, who, uh, this is again at a warehouse, and another guy that we knew uh, was talking mad shit, as the kids say. Mm. And I believe uh, somebody came back to me because I was working in jewelry, which I was in a corner of this giant warehouse. Yeah, And I was sitting down talking to him, and I'm like, what the fuck did he say? I said, like, man, if that bitch says anything around me, I'm gonna slap the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> and then I was uh-huh. talking a bunch of, and our buddy Iende from the Jealous Guys, Ran from his department on the other end of the warehouse and was like, hey, bro, bro, your radio's on. He was like, dude, turn. The-. And I was like, how's my radio on? No. And when I sat down in the chair, it, it pressed the talk button on the handle of the chair. Oh. So it was like broadcasting to the whole. Oh,
3: house. my God.
1: Yeah. But uh, nothing happened. I would have quit. <laughs> that, that's the kind of management we had at that job. <laughs> nothing happened. Oh, man. I, I was I had, dead serious though I was like I'll slap the shit When know. you said radio I thought you <laughs> meant been, FM slap. No no like you know Like a walkie talkie I know but I thought yeah, you were yeah. talking about like a walkman Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like
0: radio FM AM, AM FM oh.
3: Alright I one time was texting And um It was like one of the first Short films I had done And this android phone had a feature where if you're texting someone you could swipe or i didn't even know how it worked but it would always do it it would just you could call them while you're texting them and this poor guy who was in the short film was trying to organize a like a rap party and i was so not interested i was exhausted i was so over it and rap rap party with
0: a w correct yes Okay. Well, a I'm less interested now, but continue.
3: W rap party. And uh I'm like texting him, being all like, Oh, that's so nice of you, I'll think about it. Maybe tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. It calls him, I have no idea. I bitched for about fifteen minutes about how annoyed I was. Uh how like how much this guy was driving me nuts. The last thing I wanted to do was have a rap party and see him, and I look down and it's like the minutes are the seconds are ticking by like it was on the phone so i picked it up and i'm like hello hello and then realized it was leaving a voicemail (laughs)
4: oh damn
3: (laughs) it was so uncomfortable the next day to go see everybody i was like do i acknowledge this or i finally did i was like i'm real sorry i was tired um I don't know what to say. And he's like, buddy, I deleted it before I even, you know, when I realized, I'm like, sure you did. <laughs> sure you did.
4: Oh,
1: man. <laughs> That's brutal. Like when you're clearly being a dick, yeah. you're, you're in the wrong, oh, and then they're still man. being polite. Yes. I've definitely been there before. <laughs> On <Of> which end? <laughs> Wait, so what, what was it a rap party for? Whore in the high desert?
3: No, it was a short film. It was my very, very first got into this and never saw the light of day. It was kind of like fun. until we were, now, <laughs> until
4: now.
0: All right. Raina, On the I, overlook, Hour yeah. discord. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, fine. I'll complete the circle here. I'll share my embarrassing story. I'll keep it very brief. I called uh, a friend of mine to his face, a fat ass and a piece of shit. And I meant <laughs> to send it to somebody else.
1: Oh, like you were talking it went, about that guy. And it went to him.
0: Oh. Uh, that was a little tough. We we were we worked it out. But I did get demoted in his wedding. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> rough. Wedding. I went from I dude, I straight up went from groomsman to an usher.
1: Straight <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is some movie. real life, yeah.
3: like you're leveled down. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's also a poor choice because when you do that to a friend I deserved it. Well, yeah, but you're funny though. I could see you turning that, like weaponizing that. I,
0: at, at that time, I did not have the skill set okay. nor the confidence to do that. No. <laughs> I would bring that up forever. I freaked out immediately and oh. did not know what to do. Because
1: uh, I, knew, I knew it was going to be bad. It yeah. was not good. But we're good now. Yeah, that's... Br- and that was 15 years ago. I did that yesterday. I wasn't talking shit, but I was, uh, I was texting o- Oksana something sweet right? Like there's proof of that out there because I accidentally (laughs) sent it to Grant because my phone, Grant is the guy who did the, he was our first guest on the show. He's an artist. He's got a new band called denim Cobra. And uh, we were talking about using his music for the, um, the off trailer. And uh, she had texted me and my phone will lag and it will carry over portraits of different people. What? So her portrait was on his text thread. Wow!
2: Yeah, I mine has done that. Yeah, sinister.
1: yeah. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> trying to fuck me up. Yeah, <laughs> which is not hard to do, but no, still, it didn't take much, and I wasn't paying much attention. But I just, I didn't, you know, you can okay in a text thread, you can delete a message. Yes, but they they get to see it still, right? It's only on your end. Oh Wait, no! You can
3: unsend a message. You can unsend.
1: Yeah. Now y'all in Apple, you can y'all are iPhone people though. It's brand new. Yeah, yeah, but you guys have the whole coded text thing too. We're we got a fucking. We also
0: have security (laughs) (laughs) innovation.
3: Yeah, it drove me nuts when I had an Android and an iPhone user would like love a text message because you get this paragraph back. That's your whole initial text plus, like so and so loved your message.
1: Yeah. It also feels like you're restricted from, like, an avenue of language. Because you Mm -hmm. two fucking do it all the time. Again, I'm pointing at you too, Randy. When we're in a group chat. Apple boys. And Clark will say something (laughs) dumb and Randy will just put liked. And it's like, well, I can't, I can't counter that in any way.
0: You have emojis. That's right.
1: Yeah, but everybody has emojis. No, they, that's just, that's just me and Randy being passive aggressive saying y'all are fucking lame. I just, you know, I can't support them. They have a plant in China and I know that it's going to blow up on them. Man, no. you,
0: so you're telling me the uh, the Chinese spy balloons mm-hmm. were Apple? Oh,
1: dude. There were iPods? They're in bed. You know they are. <laughs> they refurbished iPods. Them and TikTok, it's all a big network. Oh, yeah. It's the real Illuminati. Oh that's, it. oh, that's it. No, but Dutch, okay. Now, to segue into this, into like film, when you were talking about your rap party, I, I was building a theory because one, I knew, I knew we were going to talk to you and I was, the first thing that popped in my head was, am I going to bring up RuPaul? And how mad will Clark get if I do? Yeah, I'm, at, so I'm at a I four did, right now. I know, I Are decided, you a
3: Rue hater, Clark?
0: Oh, I'm a, I'm a Rue apathetic. Well, I'm Rue neutral. Time He's a little retarded.
3: Oh my gosh, retarded! I've <laughs> not
0: heard
3: that yet. <laughs> you that's, you that's better Rue apologize to Rue, Clark. Um,
1: actually, we were watching an old episode. What season was that? Was it like it four? Was like the
4: first All Stars, I think. That-
1: yeah, and they, uh, I believe it was, who said that? Manila? Somebody said it. And I went, oh, that wouldn't fly now. They said no they way. were retarded. That's pretty good. I know. <laughs> No, but you enjoyed uh, RuPaul in uh, the QAnon movie.
0: Oh, let me explain. I, as a, as a performer, I think RuPaul's great. I, I, I when you say RuPaul, oh, in this, in the context of this home, this, this, this portal to hell, <laughs> it's, uh, it's nonstop with that show. So I just associate him entirely with his show, and I don't care about the show. But him as a yeah. performer is great, and I have, I have nothing but respect. I think he's great. I, uh, I can see how that interviews. would get.
3: If you're not into the show, I could definitely see how that would get a little uh, maddening. Yeah, the it's, shows. It's on in my down. apartment twenty four hours a day. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. They have a Pluto channel, <laughs> so it's just constantly going.
1: Well, it constantly, except for when you turn it off to watch Todrick's new show.
3: Oh, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I have never been more entertained by a mess. I mean. I was I didn't know that show was a thing until I started seeing on Twitter people protesting it Mm -hmm. Um, like furious that it was in between the episode and untucked, which was it. Whoever made that decision was uh, I'm convinced someone that has nothing to do with the show or the fandom made that decision at MTV. But I started seeing all these people protesting it. And so I'm like, I've I've got to tune into this thing. And I did watch every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. It was like it had potential, but it was like even the crew. I've never seen a reality show where the camera people and the crew are constantly running to get out of the shot. Oh, like they're just present. in, in so many shots, you could tell it was kind of off the cuff. Like, oh, we're going to shoot here like surprise action.
0: So, all right, so let's, let's, all right, well, I'll, i bite.
1: You want context? Yes.
0: Give <laughs> uh, in Dutch, in your words, explain to our listeners who this, uh, so-called Todrick is and what's his deal.
3: So I don't know all the controversy with him, but I know I learned of him from being a guest judge on RuPaul's. Um, but he's a musician. I think he came up from YouTube if I'm not mistaken and got really popular. He's he was in uh, that Cindy Lauper play on Broadway. Um oh. some, something boots. But um he pissed Kinky the boots? internet off. Kinky
4: <laughs> Boots. Yes.
3: Yeah. He pissed the internet off doing something on Big Brother, I think.
4: Yeah. Uh, or he,
1: uh, what yeah. He do? So do you you know Big Brother, yes. the reality show? So George Orwell. They have a yeah, they have a live feed that runs twenty four hours. And the thing is, oh, much like a Dutch's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom is a huge fan, (laughs) a big brother, and she pays for the feed. I know. Um, The thing is that people like really care about that show. And like they uh, it's changed
0: seasons of that show.
1: Oh, there's a lot. And it's in all sorts of countries. Yeah. Like it's not just here. Um, The thing is that was it originated here? Was that a UK? I think UK. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's got the Brits all over it. CCTV is kind of their thing. There's filming people all the time. Um, no, but, but the thing is that that culture has kind of like diverged from like survivor and early reality shit. And it's kind of, they're one of the only cultures online that kind of embraces the, the game aspect. So some people play like a game mm-hmm. and they're not really trying to hook up and like, you know, pump their Twitter or whatever. And uh, Toddrick came in and if he was playing a game, he didn't give a fuck. Because he was on a celebrity one and he was there with like uh, Carson Cressley, who's also on um, RuPaul and you know, he's a funny dude. And he thought Hilarious. that they had like a real friendship. Todrick threw everybody under the bus. One girl told the story about um, how she has this like trigger word that really bothers her because she was in like, I think it was like domestic violence. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But she told Todrick, and then he weaponized it against her later on in the oh, show. Oh,
3: that's, that's. And
1: so the internet was just like, fuck you, dude. We hate yeah. you. And then a bunch of dancers, backup dancers came out. and were like, he doesn't pay us. You know, everybody just started piling on. Oh, yeah.
3: okay. So then that makes sense because on the show, he, he gets out his, um, not deed. Like what the hell's the piece of paper that proves you own your house? You're uh, Whatever that is, he gets that out to prove that he that he owns the house because people, I guess, were like saying he was late on his rent, like <laughs> owed back rent on his house. I was like, why? This is awkward that this is part of the show.
1: Yeah, they probably thought he was running like an FTX scheme or something <laughs> like he's actually broke. <laughs> our boy. But here's the thing. So on episode 412, the way that this crossed over into like RuPaul fandom is that uh. The RuPaul Drag Race show is like 90 minutes. There's a million of them now. They're all over the planet. And it's kind of like when you're a fan, an avid fan like Terrell is, and you drag your other friends like me and Oksana into watching like Holland, which was a boring, like boring season. Yeah, very. They're just not as, they're not as talented. And um, they have zero personality over there. They're
3: afraid of the internet. Like they're afraid. I miss the old seasons where they were like, didn't give a shit who they pissed off.
1: Of course, all they, they know how to afraid. do over there is fix windmills. <laughs> <laughs> well, what Dutch is talking about is actually a cultural thing where your career it will be skyrocketed no matter what once you appear on the show. But depending on the edit you get, you might be villainized and never get another contract again. Like you might actually be struggling for work, mm-hmm, th- yeah. which happened to like a great queen like Silky. Who oh the on, great queen silky dude, silky ganache <laughs> she went online and was like hey i'm so sorry like i'm not that person i can't even get a gig at like kids party anymore yeah and you know come back and you have like a redemption where you know oh, you, redemption. you get a good oh, end. what about a runa so
3: impressed russell
1: <laughs> oh dude we're in it you know i'm here, so okay, impressed dutch here's the thing I'm the, I'm the annoying straight dude who lobbies for, like, a stronger gay presence in that show, which seems Amazing. weird, but I brought it up on here where, like, VH1 kind of axed the whole pit crew. Like, when I first watched yeah. it, when Oksana would watch it alone because she made a brutal judgment of my character and was like, you yeah, won't like this show. You
2: won't. You didn't at the time. You know who, who turned him on to it was Terrell. You wouldn't have watched it with just me.
1: I did. I, you, know, you know what uh, hooked me was Sharon Needles, who's actually a huge oh, trash fire now. I love <laughs> yeah, her.
3: I saw that, unfortunately.
1: Okay, I know we're in the weeds, Clark. I apologize. <laughs> Continue. But, you know, <laughs> we'll what we're talking quick. about is reality TV <laughs> and online culture. So, again, to get back to the Todrick thing, what happened is when we get back to the American drag race, it's kind of like an event. Like, you're like, thank God, this is going to be a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the performers are going to be fantastic. You, like the Bay Area, finally, we're starting to get Queens from out here again. Where it seemed like a huge, it seemed weird that San Francisco was like so underrepresented on these shows, but, you know, New York came out in spades. So now oh, that yeah. we're kind yeah, now that we have a, you know, a horse in the race, we've been more invested. And then uh, lo and behold, this season was cut short. Oh. It, not short as in episodes, but runtime. And And in a
3: really bad way.
0: Dude, it changed
1: the whole flow of everything. dude. And they're doing it in sports, too, now. No, but here's the thing. And they're like, we're cutting it short for Todrick's show. Somebody who became villainized by this audience right here. Why were they cutting that for Todrick? Well, I don't know. I've only heard Todrick's side of it, where he said, you know, the, the queer community really needs more representation than just RuPaul. We need different voices out here. And... We're gonna do a great, and people were like, "Shut the fuck up! Oh You're a villain." Yeah. He's the I Pepsi.
3: <laughs> like, you're not the voice we need out there,
1: dude. Um, Does he have a following? He he had a very big one. Yeah. Um, and at Dutch is right on YouTube. He had you know music videos that were getting millions of views, and then that Big Brother thing. It like kind of shot ch- it. You know, he's got a fraction of that audience now, mm. but. I'm starting to think that this was all a, like, clever marketing ploy. Does he have a podcast? Probably. He's probably got a couple of them. But, you know. Randy, look into that for me, please. As is evidence now. Dutch, you watched the whole show because of it.
3: I did. I, well, I would like to see, because I was expecting, and then what I think they were really aiming for here, is a gay Real Housewives. Yeah. And it was like everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. <laughs> um, I mean. None of them knew each other. It was so obvious in the first episode. None of them were really friends. You could tell they were kind of like getting to know each other for the first time. Um, and just like the most uncomfortably forced hangout sessions and conversations that were like, oh, man, you can like feel how uncomfortable it kind of was in the room. Um, and it just, it was really short. I think there were six episodes, but after the first one, I was like, I'm fucking tuning into this thing every week because of that. I mean, I I love a good dumpster fire.
1: Dude, it sounds appealing when you put it that way. That's an interesting point.
0: I'm going to try to turn this into artistic talk because I'm about sick of this bullshit, (laughs) but (laughs) so let's, let's say you're running the show, right? And you're running whatever you just talked about. Yeah. And you've got, you bring in all these people. Wouldn't you want there to be some sort of chemistry beforehand? You yes. like, you know, you, you, you take them out on a, a, a Joshua tree or something, you know, let them bond for a week or two. And then, and then you go into the show. Don't you think you'd be off, uh, you know, a, a step or two ahead?
3: A thousand percent, or I would just pick people who are already friends. I mean, right,
0: but it's still, uh, yeah. Is that how they do the Bravo thing?
3: I don't want, I mean, I've seen some of those, but I don't, I'm not a real housewives uh, fan, but my sister was like super into the Texas. I think it was Dallas one. Um, I watched every episode and a, <laughs> they definitely knew each other unless they yeah. did a really great job of do what you're saying where they you know spent a lot of time beforehand getting them to hang out and start some shit with each other cuz there's clearly like decades of drama before the show starts which is what you would hope for with that kind of a show but this one yeah. man ooh yeah
1: it's interesting because i think what you're talking about, Clark, where you have like chemistry on set, I feel like that's the old reality model where, you know, it's kind of like MTV um, uh, real world where you're like, oh, we want to get people together. And it's kind of like, well, a, yeah, because it's, it's just a, a strong show business model. I disagree now, though. How? Because I think the, you're going to get a different energy. But like, I, I continue. I think the friendship market has already been cornered by like podcasts where you can go on there and there's like a bunch of people hanging out and like what we're doing right now. And I think the new market for reality TV is like what Zeus network is doing. And I think yeah. that might be what the Todrick shows trying to tap into. Do you know the Zeus network? Uh, yes. Like Jocelyn's uh, cabaret. Yeah. Do you, do you watch any of that Dutch? I don't. Uh, real quickly, we have breaking
0: news from Randy Michael stat uh, regarding Todrick uh, does not
1: uh, have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i just saw that God, i never Incredible. read those chats in here i don't they never it's
0: uh, hey i threw something out to randy he threw it in the chat i said it you gotta laugh we're gonna keep Hell this yeah. going perfect
1: randy you can use your microphone too you feel free <laughs> yeah, <I know>. you <laughs> can use your microphone <laughs> just just to make sure um yeah but like bad girls club or not bad girl i i am a fan of bad girls club though which is also another example of like the, it's the anti chemistry that you're tuning in for. Yeah. Okay. Wait. If we're, how are we going to talk about reality TV, which is in-world camera, so we're not completely off-topic if we're going to move this into oh found footage. Oh boy, at some point. he's looking no, for straws Dutch. <laughs> have yes. you watched the ultimate depression? The the thing. If you've never been worried about American culture, watch Milf Manor, and then maybe oh, you will yeah. start Milf Manor.
2: Oh, dude, you never you don't
1: know. It?
3: <laughs> no and i am sold already oh my goodness
1: you know it sounds fun it's like here's (laughs) some debauchery uh dude dutch i don't know man so okay what it is it's a lot of milfs and they're hanging out in a manor it's like oh it's this is we're so we're living the rich life and we're all like these um you're like these are probably terrible women but they're like we're here for some young dick Yeah. And then (laughs) so a bunch of young dudes come in and the idea is like, hey, look for love. It's a free for all. Nobody's really running the show. There's a twist, though, that all of the young boys are actually not uh, young boys. Let's be very clear.
2: (laughs) They're pretty young. These are 20. These
1: of age. Okay, of age. (laughs) These of age children. (laughs) These uh, uh, low IQ males roll in and uh, whoopsie Turns out they're all related as um, oh, they're all the sons of the milps.
3: My God.
1: And there's another twist that uh, every bedroom is shared by the mother son combo. What? Twisted? Yeah. What? Yeah, dude. It's with um, dad in the corner. It's uncomfortable <laughs> because like, they,
3: so they don't know that this is going to be a thing. Before. I mean,
1: who knows with reality TV. Yeah. I mean, if you're both going for an audition on a reality show and well, here's the other thing. Terrell has a theory that I, th- I think he's pretty much proven it yeah. that every dude on the show is gay. He, he's like, how Wouldn't come I it. find them on Instagram? And he's like, look at this picture. He's like, is that a straight man?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but okay. Okay.
0: So let's. All right. So then we're looking at two scenarios. One, they're not really sons or B. That's a lot of math you got to do. What do you mean? Right. For the casting, because if all their sons are gay, then you've got to find people that want to be... It's
1: a lot of homework. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the other thing. Um, Gender is, you know, more fluid than ever, and I think uh, the amount of likes and attention you get will really dictate that. So maybe they're just like, it's not even important Honestly, that may be why they don't look that great. What, the kids? No, the women. (laughs) <laughs> they're, not, they're not very attractive. They're old and they have money. Yeah, but to call them MILFs,
2: <laughs> that's a stretch.
1: <laughs> well, they've been, they've been artificially. Okay, Mom, I'd like
0: to finger. Maybe. <laughs> okay, well, hold on.
1: No, I think. Yeah. I, I think we'll see you next oh week. Oh, my God. I think the popular <sighs> The zeitgeist of America and what a MILF is, I think just doesn't align with what you're attracted to. What are you talking about? I you think- know, I love old broads. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you like more homely women. It's, I, a, no. it's part of your charm. No, when not did homely. MILF
0: are,
3: It's a
1: part.
0: <laughs> what, when did that think? word
3: even pop in, MILF? I don't like, what was the origin of that? Was it Stifler's mom? I
0: yeah. would say that that
1: was, uh, that definitely drove the train.
3: Jennifer yeah, Coolidge?
1: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, here, before we move away from the MILF Manor talk, which, Dutch, I'm it's it's fun in concept when you watch it, dude. Are y'all watching? It's hard. I watched one episode I and don't. I I couldn't really it's weird. I, I couldn't stomach. Like yeah. it's uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, there's one lady, she came in, she is uh ready to go. She's just on everybody, and she's the hella trying to get this one guy to, to like go to bed the first night, episode one. And her son's like, no, dude, what are you doing? Like, stop. So wait, so
3: they're all like. So when they first get to this house, is that when it's revealed? Oh, your son is one of these. these, Yeah. Like, do they all see each other right off the bat? Or is it like
1: they come in and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, no, they're all lined up. And then the first episode, Dutch, they do a game. Now, there are two suites in the manor. They're the bigger, better rooms, right? Yeah. And uh, the way that uh, you win this game. Actually, here are the rules of the game. The boys line up and they take off their shirts Hell and yeah. all of the mills <laughs> get blindfolded and they say, whoever can feel on the body of their son and say that is their boy, you win the room. Wow. So the moms so they go get through
3: off to a banger of a start <laughs> right off the bat.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, it's, you know, it's reality TV. So the minute that they all meet, they're handed cocktails, too. It's like incredible. Right, let's ma- yeah. Let's make this interesting. Dude, in the I hate steps- that
3: they took that out of RuPaul, by the way, the booze.
1: Oh, dude. Well, you heard what happened, right?
3: Uh, I think it was Raven and Jujubi. Well, no. I,
1: think, I think they lost their sponsorship because you know how um, they do the, uh, the tour. They used to have the cruise tour. Well, I heard that um, Sharon Needles and uh, Alaska were performing on stage. And uh, Alaska, who was known for having a huge hog uh took, to took it out on stage <laughs> and Sharon oh. uh began um uh kissing it.
0: Oh, very nice. With the very back well. of her
1: throat. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> and their vodka sponsor, who was it? Was it like Kent Absolute? Oh, uh, yeah. Absolute. Absolute said we are absolutely done. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, so the room. So I I pretty much think that was the end of like the beers. Although they have like bubbly now, which is like Yeah. A seltzer. Oh, it's non-alcoholic sparkling
3: water. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's not fun. But also, Dutch, you you said it. Nobody wants to like take the claws out anymore.
3: It's very. It just seems it's kind of a bummer watching when you can tell that they're producing themselves and they're like terrified of how they're coming across and how you know getting canceled on the internet and uh, because it even happened to Michelle Visage, the judge. She got dragged through the mud. What happened to her? Or, uh, <clears throat> on, I think it was the first or second All-Stars. She, like, went in hard on, uh, which one was it? The one from California that's, that's, uh, was on American Idol. Uh, It'll come to me in a second, but...
1: Tommy Lee Jones. I can't remember her name.
3: Tom Clark. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yes, it was Tommy Lee Jones.
4: <laughs> I feel
3: Adore. like Michelle it was a door.
4: Oh, Adore, Adore, yep.
3: Lana. She, like, ripped her a new ass on the judging thing, and Adore's fans went after her and her kids. That's why it was kind of a thing, because her daughters at the time were still pretty young, and uh, she... You could even tell after that that she tamed herself down a little and got very reserved with her her uh, critiques, which I love when she gets full on, you know, like pedal to the metal. I'm going to give you some real feedback here, but yeah, they just all kind of seem afraid to do that. The older seasons before it was a big, you know, before that was a thing are so much more uh dramatic and like they mm-hmm. just go in on each other i hate that i love to watch that but it's so fucking <laughs> fun i
1: yeah it's weird like you would want them to feel empowered to be authentic on like mm-hmm. on ironically reality tv yeah. but you know it's the complete opposite like and and now it's it's brutal like there's a thing where whenever they do all stars no bad critiques because everybody's got a career yeah. and they're a brand. So they really don't critique shit. And that's mm-hmm. part of the fun is like, cause you know, does Steve from smash mouth ever show up.
4: No, <laughs> that's a show.
1: <laughs> also, okay. Now the to end the milf Manor thing, I just wanted to mention because I went in on her on this show. Uh, Lisa Wilcox is one of the new moms. She is a, uh scream queen from oh, Night- yeah, yeah, yeah. nightmare on Elm street. She came out here to the Balboa and, uh, Terrell kept reading her Amazon dress over and over. Wait, she's on Milf Manor? <laughs> she's on Milf Manor now. What? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, Terrell said she may or may not have been yeah, from, on barbiturates. From the website 2Fab, <laughs> oh. they had an article that said, why this 80s actress decided to appear on Milf Manor, and it says Lisa Wilcox and her son made their debut on the wow. unique TLC dating show before being thrown into a sex ed class where he showed off his oral sex skills. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That
3: is quite the headline.
1: For which um, team? Dude, wait, hold on. Check out the first <laughs> sentence in their, in their article. In the late 80s, Lisa Wilcox was fighting off Freddy Krueger. In 2023, it's younger men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for a second,
0: I thought you were gonna say breast cancer. No, what the fuck? <laughs> it went a completely different direction.
1: What the hell?
0: Finding out that's good.
1: All right, now here's here's my attempt Unreal. at segueing this into a uh, some sort of promotion for for Dutch's new movie. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But it, Dutch, you got a movie. <laughs> we, we can talk
3: about whatever you want.
1: Uh, you know, uh, Dutch. If, Congratulations, man! Um, Thank you. Horror in the High Desert 2 is fantastic. Thank you, and I—I I mean that in a way that confused the fuck out of me. Because we're <laughs> so one okay, Dutch, you're coming out to to us. You're going to be the first of what I call like the new wave of found footage horror directors. Ooh, where, with, without the hair, ooh. without the hair, yeah. And the thing is, you're part of this like community. Now I don't know this for sure because I feel like you're a little bit too polished, so it might not be true for you. But like, you know, like Nigel Bach or like um, Ricky Umberger, Uh or um, Isaac Rodriguez, there are people who kind of appeared out of nowhere, having made a product on their own and used just public platforms to get it out there, like Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime or like Tubi or YouTube. Or in the case of like Ricky Umberger, who did uh, the fear footage. Fear footage, yeah. Yeah, he just, he made Blu-rays. That was really his prime source of getting it out there. But they all found audiences, and then they all kind of, except for Isaac. And they all found trolls. They all found trolls. They all kind (laughs) of, but they, like, Isaac's a little bit different because he made a different found footage uh, entry every time, where Nigel Block is on Bad Band. What undead, resurrected, Eleven, abducted, or, yeah, yeah, and then you know, Ricky Umberger, bad been uh, in space. Like, I don't, you know, it's, can I mention it? I know the uh, the new don't blow his shit up, dude. I know. Well, the new paranormal activity put him off the path of the new found footage, uh, fear footage he was working yeah. on. So, I know I talked to him recently, in and his, that Harrison Ford movie from 30 years ago. You done? (laughs)
4: Witness. (laughs) I know.
1: Here's so everybody's kind of working on their their thing, and they all have this unique auteur aesthetic. And it can be kind of limiting. Like the thing that we loved about Haunted Highway from the Bad Ben franchise is it's so different. And the conversation that like me and Clark were having when we got Horror in the High Desert 2 was like, all right, well, here's where we get to look at Dutch as a filmmaker. Like, is it gonna be a another uh, i don't want to say clone but like are we going to stay um like are we going to do blackwell ghost like is it mm-hmm. going to be kind of the same exact thing again just like we're moving the story along or like is there going to be like a huge aesthetic change or well, the, yeah. you know that's that's at the crux the question of every you know sequel and which direction are we going to go no
0: yeah.
1: me and me and clark didn't watch them together but i, I we both agreed um, you kind of captured the feeling of the first one because we're still doing the same kind of thing. It's a TV show. Yeah. But man, the mood, the tension, the cinematography, the mise-en-scene, I felt like you've improved in every regard. And we, we watched it. Terrell was here for a little bit and <clears throat> he got picked up and left. Um, dude, it's scary. And that's the thing I, do, we, I don't normally say about horror movies, even though I watch them almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, congratulations, man.
3: Thank you so much. I, this movie was such a struggle, I'm not going to lie. Because, the, so the first one, you know how you're saying it captures the tone of the first one? What I was worried with this one is that the first one is like, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. And then this Mm -hmm. final sequence, and it's a kind of a final sequence that if you were to just see it by itself, excuse me, I don't think it would be as scary or have the same, you know, like kind of anticipation if you unless you had watched like the previous build up to it. So for part two, I was like, are people going to want that same kind of. You know, it's a mystery where everything's kind of held from you, and you're like, "What in what's going on?" till the very end. And I decided not to do that, Um, but it got really tricky because. So I don't, I well, I guess we can do spoilers because the movie's out. But, um, you know, essentially, the main mystery is this woman who's (laughs) found dead under mysterious circumstances, right? Well, what? I had filmed this whole other part of the movie where it's a mystery of whether or not her ex had followed her to Northern Nevada to this school until halfway through the edit, I realized this is a total waste of time because we already know that it's not her ex-boyfriend. Like, you know, if you've seen the first movie, it's clear what's happening here. Um, So it was just the edit of this movie and getting them that mood down and getting all of it cohesive was a total struggle. And I'm glad that you vibed with it.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny that you're talking about the X because you could have made that work given the unique narrative style of, you know, the in-world camera like TV show. Cause it could have been another episode where it's like they're, you know, the people on the TV show are trying to build a case and maybe looking mm-hmm. into the one suspect, but then,
3: you know, you know but yeah, that's <laughs> where I would, that's what I was trying to do with it is have this, you know, just like a dateline kind of, you, we've got this other suspect and all these other details of where he was and stuff. It just didn't work. It was very, it was a slog because
1: dude, down I, I, Dutch. but I have to ask you a tough question now. Because I caught that too. But now you have a TV show that almost is like in tune with the audience. So now I have a bunch of questions about the show. Like, Does the show have a name? I guess it
3: would. It doesn't, but I I guess it would just be horror in the desert.
1: (laughs) Unsolved mysteries. (laughs) Well, it kind of, you know, because this is the dumb shit I think about. And I'm like, okay, if... You know, like reality TV, we know what that is. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, here's, it's the show Todrick's on, and however it's packaged, and then we're watching Oh, back to Todrick. Well, with Horror in the High Desert, it's like, okay, is Horror in the High Desert the name of the horror movie we're watching, which is taking the, the vessel is a TV show. Yeah. Which really isn't important. Or is Horror in the High Desert the name of like a Netflix special, which is a long form True crime investigation that we're literally just watching the product. Yeah. And this, dude, I've been thinking about this a lot.
3: That's a trippy concept. It would be cool to play with that and have, like, address the TV show in the movie. Oh, yeah. I was going to play with it actually and have Gal, the woman that's the jur- the investigative journalist, narrate a lot of stuff, kind of like Keith Morrison style. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, But that also kind of took it to a little a, a place that I was like, oh, this doesn't work. It doesn't really have the same kind of, you know, like sense of dread. It just kind of felt more like. a Not a TV show, it just kind of felt more like a, a YouTube special, basically.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you can save it for the fifth one.
3: You or, know, the just, six or the 6th or the 7th
0: yeah just let it marinate and then you'll come back to it but, uh, so Dutch I, I, I want uh, two questions number one if Todrick did come to you and said I'm a huge fan would you oh. cast him in 3
3: Um, uh, no I would not
0: oh, oh okay no. uh, alright Randy reveal it we also, got him on the line by the and way put that in the metadata
3: <laughs> and here's why too because this that's another reason why they work. I feel like is because you don't know who any of these people are. Sure, right? Yep. Like if if the, you saw a familiar face in there, as an actor or like a influencer or a personality, unless they're pl- unless he was playing himself, yeah, then that could work. But no. weird,
1: I instantly assumed he would be playing himself when you posed that question. Did you imagine him being an actor? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, you. No, I imagine I
0: look, I, I don't I don't I don't put that responsibility on myself. Yeah. I just put the scenario together, how he is a vessel, how he is used is not up to me.
1: Yeah, no, Um. Dudge, you're completely right, though, because I as a horror fan, I've learned, you know, we this is where this is the breeding ground where we discover new talent, not where we bring in old talent. Yeah, because it's co- incredibly distracting. Especially in found footage, you're right, because you're, you know, you're, you're here for the verisimilitude, And then when you have Tom mm-hmm. Cruise driving the car, you're like, nobody's buying that. Yeah, he's just driving nutty, the yeah. hell out of that car. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it so, takes it to a different place.
1: Yeah.
0: It does. The second part of that. And it's the main question yes. I had. Um, so, you know, you're from you're from the high desert, you know, you you came on the first show and you talked about that and being from the area. And, but now, you know, in the second movie, um, you've, you've built a world here. So, but it's also, you know, you've built this, this world, but it's your home as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. what's, what's that sort of relationship like, you know? And, um, you know, it's sort of, You know, this is all very personal project for you, I would imagine.
3: It is, and it makes it so much more fun because it's such a small town. The so when you're watching Minerva where that yellow house in the trailer is, um five miles up the highway is the actual town I grew up in. It's two hundred people, so it's more of a village. And then five miles in the other direction is like the main town. And that's about 3000 people. So everybody truly knows everybody. And it is so much fun. It's such a supportive environment to make a movie in because everyone's like, how can I help? What can I do? Yeah. Uh, You know, what's funny is Lenny, the guy that plays the, uh, this is an example of how small of a town it is. In Minerva, Lenny, the property manager for the mine, that's kind of discussing the trailer. He, in real life, is Beverly from the first movie's husband, my, <laughs> my cousin's husband. <laughs> and then also the guy that plays the Joseph that lives in the little yellow house, who has all this spooky shit going on outside of his house, him and the one of the victims from the VHS tape in the pink sweatshirt, that's his niece. So like, they're all related. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody in these movies is related. It's, it's, I could still work with, you know, 50 more people in that town and they're all going to be connected to each other. So it's a cool way to go about making movies.
4: Yeah.
0: Because people from small towns are generally better people. That's
3: it. I, that's it. They're great people. I, I got to say, they're awesome. I, but, I mean, I came from there, so
1: hello. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, I, I'd like... I, I've talked a lot about the weird culture. So, the avenue that you put your movie out, yeah. when you put out the first one, what was the first platform you put it on?
3: It was supposed to be Amazon, but they had that whole... During the pandemic, they weren't accepting documentaries. Yep. So it went to Tubi. Wait, what? And yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you know, it, yeah. I think it was a way to get around all of the uh, the uh, pandemic stuff because yeah, they, they were getting a ton uploading.
3: of yeah of like um like propaganda vaccine yeah. stuff. that was just like uh, off so the their wall. way
1: around it without becoming directly like bipartisan or something. Was what just- a, what a country. They just they just stopped all documentary. That's, which fucked up it, it fucked up a lot of people who were did. doing faux doc. Yeah, yeah because, of course. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, I had no idea.
3: It sucked so bad. I was like, what the fuck is Tubi? That's how I learned what Tubi <laughs> is. They're like, Yeah, your movie's going to Tubi. And I was like, What? Okay. <laughs> which ended up being a blessing because it went on all of the other ones, like YouTube movies and um Google Play and Voodoo and Roku. So by the time Amazon got rid of that no documentary policy, my distributor resubmitted it and it had gained so much traction that it just totally lit on fire on Amazon. Okay. Um, it was now like it I, got a second life all over again.
1: I, I want to jump in there because ah, now the thing that <laughs> Ricky Umberger didn't have, uh, Turner Clay, all these people, Turner might be a character, but is you have a distributor. So I feel like you're a little bit more seasoned than I originally um, assessed you to be. <laughs> well,
3: I made three movies before the first Horror in the High Desert. Yeah. Um, and they're not found footage.
1: Boo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which I don't know why I ever made them, because with a small budget, this kind of movie is... I mean, you can make a great one. You can really excel at it. But with the with a traditional, like, fourth wall narrative with a this kind of a budget, it is so much more difficult. It looks rougher. It's just, ugh. But the distributor thing, uh, Turner Clay, his movies, the Blackwell Ghost movies, he still has them everywhere. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought they were just on Amazon until I looked it up the other day. They're on pretty much every streamer you can get on, except for Netflix. Uh, my distributor is kind of the same as like, the, I think he uses a platform called film hub where you as the filmmaker, you put your, you upload your uh, content and then they verify that it meets all the technical stuff. And from there you can submit it to all the streamers. And if they okay. take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. So, you're pretty much just doing the same work that a distributor would do, really.
1: Now, what do they get? Do they get like a cut of the revenue you generate? What a, what a digital butcher yeah. shot.
3: <laughs> yeah. Film Hub does. I think, I'm not sure what it is because I've never used it, but my distributor, Indie Writes, they take a standard like 20%.
4: Damn. But they, they work
3: the movie. Here's, this is the difference because I was tempted to put part two on Film Hub and do it myself. But. Like the first movie, Indie Rights, they licensed it to a streamer in France called Shadows. It's like the shutter of France. They licensed it to a streamer in South Korea. Um, And I think with the second one, they're working on a lot of other um, deals like that. So that's stuff I would never be able to do on my own. Or with Film Hub, really.
1: How how yeah, are they, you do pay for stuff? How are they to work with? Like, do you have a do you have a person like assigned to you, or is it like you're shooting? Yeah, blind Jerry.
3: Emails? Yeah, no, it's just the the owner, the CEO, Linda Nelson. It's run by Linda Nelson and Michael Madsen, and Linda. That sounds a... like
0: a pop duo from the eighties, <laughs> <80s>. doesn't it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> I that uh, dude they're touring Branson, Missouri right now. I love it.
3: It really does. Michael Manson. That's a, a definitely a movie star name. Uh, oh. But yeah, she deals with everyone personally. So when you reach out to her or have an issue, like she gets back to you, it's going to be a sentence that's like straight to the point. But it's they're pretty great. I can't. Com- I have no complaints with them.
1: Now, do they ever try and like give you advice? Like, hey, <laughs> Or like, like on the poster or like nothing. They don't give any, nothing.
3: And you know what? That's kind of their thing because they want to be, they want to represent your project the way you represent. it. And I love that because one of the previous distributors I worked with, I gave them the movie and they were in control of the trailer and the poster the movie had no ghosts in it like period it's not a ghost movie i get the trailer and there's a fucking little dead girl ghost in the window (laughs) i was like what is this like that's not even part of the movie and then they added a ghost in the trailer (laughs) like a cheap digital like this crazy jump scare thing so and they would not budge i was like this is really embarrassing because it's not this is not a ghost movie and there's actually a lawsuit right now for I forget it's um Anna De Armas I think a movie she's in because the trailer had a scene that she was in and then she was cut from the movie so one of her fans filed a lawsuit that's like gaining major traction because have you heard about this Randy
2: yeah, it's essentially like over there. false advertising, like lawsuit, essentially. Yeah,
3: yeah, but it's really going to set a precedent for that kind of bullshit moving forward with tra- misleading trailers and posters.
0: USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> Damn.
1: But yeah, to okay. sum it up, they don't
3: they, they want to represent your movie the way you want it represented. Like I can ask her for advice and she'll give it, but she would never come out and say. You know what? I think this this poster's terrible. You should redo it.
1: Oh, she's not gonna come back and be like, you know, I think you should reshoot the ending.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't
1: really doesn't land well. All right, Dutch, you got three questions. Yes. What, what's the name of the movie where they added the ghost? Infernum. Infernum. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna look up that yeah, trailer pull the later. poster. Up. <laughs> Dude, we've oh, they so, oh. <laughs> yeah, they really added that ghost. Holy shit!
3: Yes, they did. Um,
1: Dude, we've been doing this show for so long. It's almost like one of my favorite things. Whenever we're like, hey, we've enjoyed your movie, but we got to talk about your poster. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, I didn't make that poster. (laughs) I didn't decide that the girl should be dragged into the cave. Yeah. 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 All the time. (laughs) It's the worst. Fucking producers. But now finding a distribution, like... Were you seasoned enough as, like, a filmmaker that you kind of knew this whole distribution route? Because when, when we talked to, like, Ricky and stuff, I mean, honestly, I had no idea that there was, like, a media outlet that would put you on all the streamers. I, I thought you just emailed Google or something. You're like, hey, I got a movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going <laughs> to pitch myself. Yeah, like, did you know about that, like, economy?
3: I did from podcasts. That's oh. how I've learned everything, really, with distribution. Um,
0: uh, Dutch, what did a- you learn from this podcast?
3: <laughs> I have learned a lot.
4: Um,
3: <laughs> yes, there's my answer. Uh, <laughs> period. Mic drop. Um, oh, wait, where? What was that? Where? Were <laughs> you
0: no, you uh, from film production podcast?
3: Oh yes, that's how I learned distribution because. Linda went, went on a podcast called Indie Film Academy and their whole thing is like they're an open book, they're transparent because there are a lot of shady distributors. Oh, yeah. I mean real shady. And uh they're transparent like with every part of the process. So I did before I worked with them went with another one cuz it had a big sparkly name but it was a total shit show, so that's how Thanks I Thanks for nothing, A24.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Dutch, you're just, you're such an oddity to me, because you you've got the, like, the creative control of your product, and it feels so homegrown that you fit right in with that new wave of found footage. Yet, the way that you approach the distribution and, like, the business end, you feel like You've got a good, uh, like you understand like film fest culture and distribution, but you kind of choose to be less business oriented and more cool. Like an example I want to give is we wait
3: were, more. Did you say more cool?
1: Yeah. Like you're, you're just a chill. <laughs> and I mean, that. and the example I, I want to give people is that when we were talking to Dutch, you had um some issues and the release of horror in the high desert 2 kept getting pushed back, which for me. I'm like this is fucking perfect because it was getting closer and closer to our film fest date. Yeah. So it's like ooh this is going to line up perfectly because as a film fest there's this cutthroat fucking game that uh, going on out there where everybody wants a premiere. Mm-hmm. We don't really give a fuck because we're in a weird niche like our whole thing is just we want to like uh, like cr- cultivate conversation and a and a unique kind of conversation not just was that movie good bad We want, like, hey, what did you think of their approach? Like, how did you like the way that, like, something more in-depth. So that's never really been an issue. But if we can get a premiere, it's cool.
4: Yeah. And
1: Mm. then he was like, now the movie's going to be out before. He's like, sorry, (laughs) you were so polite about it. And I'm like, that's cool. Because, honestly, most of these new wave dudes, they don't even, like, the film fest thing usually isn't even an option. They're just like, get it out on Amazon we'll start making revenue. Honestly, like yeah. film fest crowds are different than an at home crowd. Sure. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, whatever. We'll get the theatrical premiere. And Dutch was like, well, no, you won't. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, oh, I'm doing the film <laughs> fest in my hometown, like near your hometown. And I'm like, I personally was like, that's the fucking coolest shit. Wait, faster premiere.
3: It's a, well, it won't be a premiere. Cause it came out today. On Amazon, but it'd be a it's theatrical a, premiere. It's a film. Fe- yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be the theatrical premiere. It's in Ely, Nevada. And I really I would have loved to have had the premiere been at your festival. Seriously. But I this finishing this damn thing was I was so ready to boot it out the door to the distributor <laughs> and not look at it for a while because it was finishing. It was just so. Laborious editing it. I mean, when you watch it, it it's pretty simple editing for the most part because it's a you know the format of it, but the performance of the movie as a whole really comes together in the edit and the sequence of events, you know, as they unfold. So I redid that thing, I re edited that thing for months,
0: and plus you had um, to put a lot of CG Ghost in there, right?
3: <laughs> oh, god. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up for anyone listening. When you watch this movie somewhere in the movie and it's in world, it's not some superimposed bullshit ghost. (laughs) there. (laughs) There is a person covered in blood right in plain sight. And I cannot wait for the first person to find it. I will send you a Blu-ray. If you send me a screenshot of this person covered in blood, it's it's right as plain as day in the movie. Uh, no one has seen it or caught it yet. But is it a ghost? My... <laughs>
4: I'm like,
1: did you know it was It'll... there? Oh yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, that would be my dream, though, to be reviewing footage and be like, "Oh,
1: that wasn't there when we filmed." <laughs> like, but is that no, it,
3: it was. It was part of the film.
1: Okay, I have 84. One, how can people send it to you?
3: The Facebook page. Perfect. Or in the high desert movie series, yeah.
1: Um two, while we're talking about Ghost, we have a short film showing in our um hybrid film block. It's uh it's one of those short films that makes you want to pull out your hair because it's 40 minutes long. It's maybe one of my favorite it might be my favorite thing that we're showing. Uh I'll just tell you the premise. It's um uh, so it's screen life, but we hear people, uh, the VOs are coming from like out of the screen. So it's like two people sitting down editing a movie, which, you know, in sound footage, this is the only audience this kind of premise would work for. Yeah. And they're editing a drama and it's like, you know. And you're uh, seeing cut. them? You're just seeing the footage. Oh, so okay. you hear the director talking to somebody. He's like, I had to bring you in. You're the best editor and I really need your help. And everything looks perfect in the short. And you're like, okay, what are we doing? And then there's a cut and there's like a girl and um, she's behind our lead actress and her mouth is covered in blood. And he's like, you have to help me. And she's like, oh, weird. I I didn't think this was going to be a horror movie. He's like, it's not. Uh, That's a ghost. And he's like, and I didn't. And it's like, she's in all the good shots. So the movie is about this girl trying to edit around a ghost who's ruining this movie. It is. It's yeah. one of those. It's a, it's a short. It's a short. It's 40 minutes long. But it's one of those things that you're watching and you're like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? Did I yeah, walk in on this movie? I think I did. Maybe. It's so good. Yeah. So if you're like me and you're normally at a film fest and you avoid short blocks, don't avoid ours. Blocks. Uh, our lineup is stacked. So um, the other, again, sorry for that. Did, did you take the short block no. to school? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I wrote it every day.
3: I'm pretty um, sure I'm like undiagnosed ADHD. So short blocks for me are a blast. I love dude, short films.
1: Well, they're great. The thing with like um, our film fest is that it's kind of like a mixed bag too. Cause you never know what type of film you're going to watch. And yeah. it's, it's fun to engage with like the style it's filmed and what we're doing. And just, I don't know. And you know, like VHS and all the anthology horror uh, found mm-hmm. footage kind of lends itself to like the short form. It's a tough Q and a is a tough Q and a tough Q and a doing <laughs> short blocks. <but laughs> well, at least you won't have to do it. <laughs> Never again.
3: Are you guys, str- are you in the stress phase of organizing this thing? Cause I've
1: oh helped dude.
3: with one festival and I thought I was going to run in front of a bus.
1: Well, you know, the beautiful <laughs> thing about a film fest is that it's hurry up and wait. And yeah. it's, it's that for everybody. So, you know, it's like, <sighs> not unlike the actor, like, dude, Dutch, we, I think your movie was probably the last one we locked. And um, you, we did that, God, like, what, two weeks ago, maybe.
2: There was some drama with another one that we locked, but.
1: Oh, God. Ooh, yeah, there was some the drama. Thing. We, we just found out today that we'll actually be able to show it. And it's a good connection. I won't get into it. But it's a lot of that. And, you know, we're kind of holding up printing programs. Uh, doing the VHS case, uh, releasing the last PR. You're kind of like, it's brutal. So yeah, we're in the high stress phase, but... In the high desert. In the high desert. What what I wanted to mention and why I called you, the thing that really gave me a good idea of your character was when you're like, it won't even be the theatrical premiere. I'm showing it at (laughs) a festival in my hometown. That's a... It's such a privilege to get any kind of premiere that we've had movies ripped out of our catalog like we were, they were gonna be shown. They submitted to us, and then another film fest, which is bigger, but nobody's gonna show up anyway, and they're definitely not gonna appreciate the movie. Yeah. Would be like, hey, we're not gonna show it unless it's a premiere. And the one I'm talking about, I think, was literally a week after our film fest. Uh, but we don't give a fuck because we're not doing that industry stuff. So it's like we could lie and just you could still have the premiere. We'll air quote. <laughs> we- but the fact that you would sit there and just be like, "Sorry, dude," I'm like, man, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> you got your shit in the right place though because that made me all the more of a fan of yours and plus dude the thing that uh, i don't it's not a film fest it's like a festival or what is the event it's a
3: it's really small you know but it's still cool it's called the ely fam festival it's film art and music so there's like bands i oh, i'm it. one of two movies uh hell yeah there's a bunch of short films. And then they have art, like artists come who, from around Nevada who have done, you know, like paintings and stuff like that. So it's just kind of a weekend. Of, it's really cool. It's a weekend of music, art, and movies.
0: What's the other movie?
3: It's called The Great Basin, and it's a real documentary <laughs> that, <laughs> that a filmmaker made, I think, right before the pandemic that's, that's focused on the people who live there.
1: Tight dude, on here's the, community. the thing, though. if you haven't seen Horror in the High Desert 2 yet, um, hold off and come to the film festival and watch it, uh, with Dutch in attendance. Always the sales, yes. but I said that on thing. Twitter today. Um, here's the thing you know, I could just imagine you're in, like in a little small town, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Like, this guy's bringing his movie here, it's probably gonna be pretty. It's a fun, it's a horror movie. They're not gonna know what they're walking into. Oh no, oh, your shit, God. It's, it's so effective. <laughs>
3: Like I can't wait to see it in a theater, especially also, with people like you guys in your audience who, uh, who love that kind of a show.
1: Oh, here's the thing, too, which is really weird. A, a lot of the audience from, our, you know, from the Bay Area are people that I've like harassed into coming to the show and who yeah. have kind of grown an appreciation for found footage, but don't look for it anywhere else. So like, even though your movie's online, it's going to be brand new to these people. So you're gonna get authentic reactions in the new theater too at the wait. fourth, dude. But at the at the um the film and art fest you're going to, they have a fucking mm-hmm. horror in the high desert tour.
3: Oh, yeah, that was news to me too. Kind of, <laughs> I learned I learned about that after it was like scheduled. I'm like, oh, should I check in with with them? Do they think I'm gonna be given a tour? Um but yeah it's of the so the movie with the ghost in the poster thing that was filmed at the Nevada Northern Railway which is in Ely it's incredible it's the united states most well preserved original working steam train depot and it's terrifying at nighttime so that's where infernum takes place and even though it's not a horror in the high desert movie there're kind of making that they kind of like spun it into the tour i guess i'm not really sure what it is to be honest um, <laughs> which that's, i wish i did
1: <laughs> that's awesome are you gonna attend
3: i will get there saturday so i th- think i will I, th- I think that's friday actually but i think they're running there both time, nights
1: i think oh are they I, really i think so and are they showing oh. both your movies i think they're showing the first one too right
3: yeah, they're showing the first one Friday night and the second one Saturday. If that tour is both nights, I'm dressing up as a scary monster, <laughs> and I am going to surprise every single person on that tour.
1: You're packing a torch.
3: Um, I also random ADD side note. I just got a great idea for a short, and it's going to be going to be four in the high desert, but with a W. and oh i understand it may or may not be a comedy
1: okay and we get the premiere
3: so you get a premiere yeah next
1: year i'm gonna hold you to that you know in california (laughs) a verbal contract is a real contract (laughs) confirmed as his legal counsel (laughs) i confirm yes
3: well i would love for one of them to premiere like part four which is hilarious that people are still like there's a part four or like what? But I would love for one of them to premiere there if you guys are into it. I mean, this one was just kind of a little fumbled with how long it took to finish.
1: Again, all the ghosts. We, we get it. My, my question is, why not three?
3: <laughs> why, why do we get, because, get the Because four? <laughs> I would love to have three out by Halloween. Whoa. Like there was uh, such a gap. It. Yeah, there was such a gap in between the first one and the second one. And the messages I got on the Facebook page, I was like, wow, people really want this movie. I mean, it was super encouraging, but some of them were like not even pushy, just like rude. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Why are you even doing it at this point? It's been so long. I- I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> I was like, What the Thanks? fuck? Thanks. Question the mark. Bugs. Working button? on it. <laughs> yeah
1: i love the head nods he gave to it (laughs) well it's dude i honestly i think that big breath in between probably helped because dude i mean we talked to you kind of early on um our our buddy thomas burke did it as a tbr report so so that's how it came to me but then dude i mean war in the high desert turned into a movie where um what our high bow our highbrow buddies over at cinematic oblivion were like hey man uh they brought it up on their, their what the hell was it called? Fall?
2: October Boys? October
1: Boys October podcast. October Boy. and, and I was like, what the fuck? They watched Horror in the High Desert? And they found it. Holy shit. Because so many people grabbed on to the, um, the real life story that you kind of based it off of. So yeah. they set it up with like the premise and how that true crime, well, I guess, you know, the true horror that surfaced online kind of turned into this movie. And their review of it was kind of Flippant, like what you would imagine from like a sound yeah. footage. And they're like, you know, it's pretty good. It's really interesting. And then it's got that like tropey third act where it's like, you know, then now we see the footage and then the movie ends. And I'm like, yeah. you motherfuckers. But uh, it's Harry funny how
3: be... different audiences view it.
1: Sure. Well, that's why I thought it was like trying to figure out where you were coming into film. There's a huge divide and internet, kind of like YouTube culture, people who live on Amazon Prime or Tubi are very different from people who go to film fest and Uh like, and I feel like shutter kind of has that film fest captive audience where they're looking for like international horror and stuff, but like domestic indie found footage horror, it seems like it's home is really online, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It seemed like you knew how to navigate both. That's why I'm like, man, you're an interesting dude.
3: I mean, well, thank you, Lord battle. (laughs) it was a journey, man. It was kind of a learning thing for me too. Like, as it went along, I, I, uh, I, Tubi is amazing. And I did not realize how many people really use Tubi.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, and it, And it's in Australia. Um, it's in more places than a standard Amazon release. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I did my best to kind of navigate it. And I think a lot of it was just luck and, you know, being on your guys's podcast right after it came out, definitely helped it out. Oh,
1: definitely. We, we pat ourselves on the back for (laughs) that. Hey, we live to serve Dutch. (laughs) We live to serve. We're here to help you. So Dutch, do you probably, uh, how many film fests are you going to send this movie out to, or are you going to do any?
4: I
3: don't know if I will do any, because after your guys's it's like, what, I don't know where else I would. Um,
0: Once you climb Mount Everest, what else is yeah. there to climb? I
3: mean, it will, you know, but really, I, I don't know if I will. It's do Is that a thing after movies have like already been out for a while to be in festivals?
2: I sure. think my yeah.
3: experience with the film festival circuit before Horror in the High Desert was not great. None okay. of my movies got into anything. And like I even flew to some of these festivals beforehand before submitting it to like meet them and, you know, kind of put a face to a name. And and it just wasn't nothing really took off. Um, so it was yeah. just, you know, it was kind of an exhausting thing. But now I guess that I'm making movies that have an audience. It's a different a totally different ball game.
1: Well, I think what you ran into Was you know, film fest whether they like to admit it or not, do play a role of like gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get approval from like important ones, then you your your horror movie might be relegated to like a Walmart release, which you can still make a lot of money. But they're gonna put a fucking ghost on the cover of your movie too, and in
0: it, (laughs) in the slipcover,
1: yeah, all over. And and they're kind of like, whatever. Do you want to make money or not? And the thing is. I think you embraced where, you know, most people don't realize there's a new flourishing community and that's online. And mm-hmm. the thing is the people who watch shit on on King's of Horror or are digging through Tubi are not going to fucking uh, Brooklyn Horror Fest. You know what I mean? They're yeah, not going yeah. to like Cannes. Yeah. They, they they probably don't even go to their local theater. And honestly, I think you just made the perfect movie for it. Because you took that true crime docu-series format and you put it online. It's like, it's kind of the perfect way to watch it. My counter to that and why people should go see it with us is you made a fucking cinematic movie, man. And I think...
2: What are you, Rogan? I, I know, I, I was,
1: God, that was weird. <laughs> I, <Met a> <laughs> I him, you know, what's funny, is when I try to make fun of him and like mimic him, I always go like Jamaican, like Ma. <laughs> yeah, Ma. Yeah, but that time yeah, I, it was like the Tim Dillon <laughs> approach. No... And, it's a good movie, man. <laughs> you know, I say that because, I, you know, I mentioned early on the mise en scène, and a lot of your movie takes place in like a trailer in the desert. And it's a terrifying thing to imagine, like being, a, at least for me, being yeah. alone.
0: Oh, the spoiled Californian <laughs> shows no. his shit. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> not that at all. It's more of being alone in a vast open area. Yeah, you're terrible alone. At night, yeah. And then you hear something. Oh dude I would instantly start panicking. I'd be looking for a weapon. I would I not find sleep. my new friend
3: nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah curve. the location is is scary as hell. I would never live somewhere like that
1: didn't you though? I thought you lived out there
3: but the, but in the town oh like you're I had neighbors on both sides that could hear me scream <laughs> yeah. and I you know <laughs> but where that trailer is is and that It's just that little trailer and a house in the middle of nowhere. Hell no. I would never live anywhere like that. No matter how beautiful it is during the daytime.
0: When you're out there filming, you see a lot of coyotes out there?
3: Um, actually, we had a really scary thing happen.
0: Oh, see? I just I forgot about this.
3: (laughs) Okay, we were filming uh like exterior shots of that trailer. And I mean, there's nothing like you can see in the movie. It's the highway and then just this little trailer and a house behind that. There's the mountain that heads up and there's this old school bus. Halfway up the mountain, it's in the movie. You can see it in one of the. there's always
0: shots. an old school bus <laughs> somewhere.
3: It's so weird. It. It's just a, it. halfway up this mountain. I don't even know how they, they got this thing up there.
4: Um, Werner are sitting there.
3: <laughs> It's like two in the morning. There's no other cars around, and it's dead quiet. We're kind of like talking, and I was happened to be looking up at this bus, and the inside of it lit up like a like someone lit a lighter. Yep. Like for maybe ten, fifteen seconds, and then went away. And I was like, <gasps> I was too, I was honestly too freaked out to say anything to. Uh, my cousin that I was with because you can hear everything. So I just kind of nudged her and pointed up there and then it happened again. It was, it looked like someone smoking a bowl. But <laughs> like they, someone was lighting a lighter inside this bus in the middle of nowhere with no what? car around.
0: Let me I tell you like, something. I have never done meth in my life. Wow. <laughs> but if I were to... I would go to an abandoned bus in the desert. Really? Why not? I always thought meth was a social lubricant. <laughs> no, no, meth meth is you you've got a mission. Now the mission is bullshit. <laughs> but meth is going to get you there.
1: So what if they were coming down and they were just as confused. They're like, "How did I get out here?" <laughs> Last thing I knew I was driving a bus full of children. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the kids? <laughs> Dutch, you strike me as the type who would go up there and talk to him that could have been great footage yeah what the fuck (laughs) fuck that
3: i was so freaked out mainly because there was i wouldn't have been freaked out if there had been a car parked down the road because it's Mm, like oh these people are just here exploring or whatever there was no car anywhere so for all i know they were living in that fucking thing um and they, and they were not making noise the whole time we were there. Like, they were just dead silent, whoever was up there. So, yeah, absolutely decline. Would not approach.
1: <laughs> it didn't even strike. Like, no party was like, what if I got an interview with them? <laughs> for the movie.
3: I mean, uh, I feel like if I had, it, I would have been there for... If, if if they were talkative, I would have been there the next six hours.
1: Okay. Well, how how fluid is your production? Like, do you have a tight script, and you go out there and you know everything you're gonna do, or are you kind of finding moments like the meth bust writer?
3: Both. I love uh just finding random stuff, and in terms of story, I have like for myself the script. And the the outline and the story with the actors, we go over like what they need to know before we film, and then I almost like actually interview them, if that makes sense, to get a a really organic, like flowing conversation. Sometimes there's a couple too many ums and uh while they're like struggling to, you know, think of the next sentence, but that's also. How people really talk.
1: So, so you choose not to cut that.
3: I will. I think it, it bugged a lot of people in the first one. So in the second one, that's that, That's very edited. A lot of that.
4: Um. Uh, uh, um. But
3: some of it's really natural, and I'll keep that in.
1: Now, when you when you edit out a lot of ums and oohs, like, uh, do you have a particular style to that, or do you just make a hard cut?
3: A lot of B roll, or, uh, and sometimes See, a hard cut's necessary.
1: This, so this is the thing I talk about with Oksana a lot. Cause sometimes we get movies submitted and they are just like hard cut, like it's almost like YouTube edited for time. So they cut out all the uhs and oohs and it just looks like a really choppy progression.
4: Yeah.
0: And sometimes
1: yeah. there'll be people in the background, they're jumping all over. And it's like, man, but you can make that funny or just cut to some B, but it's not it's not intended to be Oh, no, it never is. And it's so distracting. And this is, you know, it's part of the reason why I call found footage an editor's medium. I mean... Ooh, like, can well, we put that on a poster? <laughs> dude, the editor auteur theory? I'm, I branded that. That's my thing. I coined Slogan it. for
0: unnamed footage <laughs> festival 666.
1: And, you know, that's why, Dutch, when you were talking about having a hard time editing it down, dude, you and every other found footage indie production This is why like murder death Koreatown has 18 different cuts. Cause it's like, it's just you meddling with it. And you know, there, you could do so much with the same footage.
3: It's so hard to finally be done with it. Yeah. Like you really can go forever continuing like, you know, to to change how it's put together. But at, at a certain point, it's like, what am I looking at? Yeah, where's the scotchy scotch scotch? I need some new
1: eyeballs. <laughs> so, what kind of parameters do you give yourself? Were you like, uh, this movie's going to be ninety minutes, or like, do you have a runtime in mind? And is that how you figure it out? I would do you love
3: just... to. I would love to make it around like the hour twenty minute mark because I start to get kind of impatient if a movie's longer than an hour and a half.
0: Much like this interview. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and oh the, shit! And we this are. Movie, oh my.
3: I'll make it quick. This movie was originally like an hour and 45 minutes and I cut out a lot, not because it was bad. It just did not work in terms of like building the suspense and the believability. So that's why, that's why it's a much shorter.
0: Now Dutch, how hard is it for you? Now, again, you're a seasoned professional at this point in your career. All right. You know, the drill, despite that, how hard is it for you to kill your darlings in the editing bay?
3: Excruciating.
0: Yeah, Uh, only it's
3: like it because it's something that works so well at the time that you're just like, God, I can see this really, you know, like blossoming into this storyline and that and then it just doesn't work. So finally, to actually like delete it, it just feels like such a waste of time because it really is. But then when you go back and watch once you've done it. It and it works. It's yeah, incredible.
4: Yeah. But
3: it sucks. It's really hard.
4: It but it's therapeutic.
0: It's like it's you know it's it's a uh, it's real ayahuasca. You know it's a per, it's a purging, and now you've you've risen out of the other side, Dutch, like a phoenix in the high desert.
4: <laughs> Woo!
0: We did it. We'll see you next week. Rick Flair Just, showed that's up. Right. That's
1: the, with the <laughs> I close with Rick Flair now. All right, uh, Russell, anything else to leave our friend Dutch? Yeah, Dutch, thanks for hanging out. Um, Dude, I had no idea we ran long. And I know you're very busy. Uh, what was the excuse you gave us that we had to move this? You're doing subtitles or some shit?
3: I was having a fucking heart attack. The <laughs> it, it was supposed to come out yesterday, but the closed captions failed. So oh no. I had like 24 hours to resubmit it until it was going to like push the release back another 30 or 60 days. So I had to go through word for word, like verbatim and figure out where the mistake was. Um, And I got it just in time to to turn it in. I was actually shocked it came out today because I submitted that at like 630 last night.
1: Why would that hold it up for a month?
3: Because it goes back into a queue.
1: Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah. It would have put it back into the. So I was shitting bricks yesterday.
1: Dude, well, I'm, I'm glad man. you made it in time. And for real. I, yeah, and dude, cancel on us anytime. As long as you keep coming back, <laughs> it's all good with me. Thanks but for having me. Dutch, yeah, man. I love you, dude. I'm excited to hang out with you at uh, the end of March. Wait. Um, I hope you don't regret coming out here. I'm I'm purposefully, I'm not drinking. What? It, it's been over a month now, right? I'm holding up. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna break edge like Randy did when he turned 18. I'm gonna break edge during the fest. Break edge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Randy was edge, dude. He was a good Christian boy. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: when was your first drink, Randy?
4: Twenty-nine.
3: Really? Was yeah. it were you like, holy shit, this is amazing, or were you nauseated?
2: Not really. No. Uh I'm a very uh moderated person. And so I had like one or two beers and that was it for the first time. Amazing. And I was older. So I like knew how to like, you know, from watching other people, how to like not overdo it. Yeah. Also, God, Dutch, I'm so going to much
3: younger. If I did that,
0: I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to clue you in a little bit on our dear friend, Randy over here. At no point in his life has he ever said, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> this is true.
2: I did just have a a, a beer during this podcast, though. So Ooh, there's little shit. something. something.
0: Laganitas. Hell yeah. Randy's missing Northern California.
2: Yep, yep.
1: And he's going to miss it during the festival. Oh, are you hosting. coming to the festival?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to be there the week before, unfortunately, and then uh, oh, I damn. won't be there for the festival. Yeah, you fucking dick. He's very emotional. <laughs> no, fire him, Dutch. Uh, you've
1: you've introduced what I think is going to be a new tradition on this show, where we ask people what their first drink was. So go ahead, Dutch. What was your first drink?
3: Natural light, baby.
1: <laughs> my <Nanny> man,
3: hillbilly <laughs> champagne all the way. How old? Uh, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. My older sister and my cousin wanted to get me and my twin sister drunk for the first time so we didn't humiliate ourselves in front of other people. Oh. <laughs> so we went camping yeah. and got loaded. And I came out of that forest a different person. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's it. You That's
3: know, know what
0: they fucking... say. That's a good story. Natty Light, it's all right. Wait,
1: when did you drink it the first time?
0: 21, Twenty. by 20. No, 20. Oh, you couldn't wait a year? Yeah. No, uh, you know why? Because uh, we lost a football game in double overtime. And I was very sad. And I was like, give me some bourbon. And that's what happened. Really? So I drank Jim Beam. Straight? Straight. Then I put yeah. it in Coke. And it didn't help. <laughs> and then I drank some Coors Light. <laughs> and that was a little better. But I was like, why does this taste like raisins? <laughs> raisins? was <laughs>
1: not that weird... You just drink liquor when you're younger. I remember drinking yeah. cups of vodka. Like, I couldn't. Oh, my God. I remember.
0: Um, and we will send us, everyone home here very shortly. <laughs> but a, a, a friend from high school was staying with me in college in my dorm. And he just had a, he had a bottle of Everclear. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, Lord. Like, that's like man. hospital level yeah he's like it's pretty strong i'm
0: like you idiot
3: fucking rubbing (laughs)
1: alcohol. Dutch what they got moonshine in nevada up in those hell
3: yes they do
1: have you had it authentic
3: i have had authentic moonshine yeah it will like strip the taste buds off your tongue
1: are you
0: gonna bring (laughs) some to the festival dude (laughs)
3: um you know what i'm gonna be in ely this weekend so i just might introduce y'all There you go. Some high desert hooch.
0: See what I did for you? You're welcome. Dude, high desert hooch. High desert hooch. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a branding opportunity for you, my boy.
3: Boom. Horrorinthighdesert.com. Dude,
0: (laughs) either that or a a porn parody. (laughs) Take your pick.
3: It's so hard to say whore like with a W after saying horror.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Horror in the high desert and high desert hooch double double billing
1: love it dude fantastic dutch i love you man you gotta come back thanks dutch. love
2: y'all thank you for listening to this episode of the overlook hour and if you would like to hear more please subscribe to us on apple podcast spotify or whatever your podcatcher of choice is and while you're there go ahead and give us a rating and or a review which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now free of charge and as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theatre, Instagram at The Overlook Theatre, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oxana again next time. Bye.